Sup, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined by my trusted co-host, the Las Vegas Aces winning the championship last year to the Las Vegas Aces winning the championship this year. It's Adam Amoala. Adam, how's it going? The Asia Wilson Revenge Tour is complete. Yes, she got the finals MVP, the true MVP that matters because you get the big trophy and the little trophy. And they did it. They pulled it off in New York, which was fun from a spice perspective because the Aces were not good at playing on the road in New York. So Asia tweeted something to the effect of, you thought we were just going to leave New York empty-handed? Nah. So they get the win and they set up what, Probably will be a rivalry for years to come unless some major changes happen. But shout out to the Aces. Shout out to longtime producer of the show, Sal Testa, who's a huge Aces fan. This was a fun series. That final game, the fourth quarter was just electric. So good because no fourth quarter in the finals was close. So that one being really back and forth. I'm so upset that we were one shot away from getting that game five that we wanted Mm -hmm. and that Jordan Robinson and really every fan wanted so much but we just we need it should be seven games it should be seven games it should be seven games it's ridiculous we gotta get it to seven but we've got a fun episode it is the annual drama draft episode which means it's gonna be long and there's a lot to talk about so let's get into the sort of pre-prep stuff. We're going to the Teal Memorial Locker Room. Teal's going great. Let's uh, get right into talking to our new patrons. We've got some new ones, correct? We do. We have a new producer-level patron. New producer-level patron. So shout out to Melissa Wolt, a.k.a. Balls to the Walls with Zs. Was there any backstory behind it, or is it just Not that I'm aware of, walls? but if I get an update on the balls and the walls, or mm-hmm. either, or both, I will let or you the know windows. on the next episode. Yeah, from mm-hmm. the windows to the walls. And the balls in between. But yes, thank you to Balls to the Walls, as well as our existing established producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kenja Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Siobhan Ellsbury, Dungo Chasing Taco Falls, bang, bang, Roast Beef Debris. How about them world champion Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curry from way downtown, bang! Hi, Trish. Nicole Shepard, Chase Underulo, Mr. Bubbles Plays Ball, Naked Rachel, Josh Isn't Rich, Sidney Crosby is a Vampire, Chelsea's Cousin, Ginger Spurs Boy, and now Balls to the Walls. Now, people like Salvatore Testa, as I mentioned earlier, are probably going to be celebrating the championship. You know what you could do if you wanted to celebrate a championship of a team? I would probably make some fancy-ass cocktails without going and spending way too much money at a bar. Yes, New York has fully embraced... At least $18 for a cocktail. We're yeah. going to soon hit 20 buck cocktail, which is yeah. bonkers. You shouldn't yeah. be able to get two Chipotle bowls <laughs> for the price of one drink. Well, I've and, got good news for you. You can't. Chipotle yeah, has Chipotle also gotten is very like, expensive. That's true. I was going to say, as, as yeah. I said this, I was like, wait a second. Chipotle bowls are probably $14 now. I just haven't gotten a yeah. Chipotle in a long but time. But this is not, this episode's not brought to you no. by Chipotle, but it is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon. It. Yes. Don't spend a bunch of money at cocktail bars. Spend not a lot of money and make your own fancy cocktails and then everyone will think you're super cool. You go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse and then you get sent a delivery box with all of the fixins and mixins to make some fancy cocktails all you got to do is provide the liquor they provide everything else they give you the instructions the ingredients you can make three different types of drinks that all use the same liquor and it gives you enough to make four servings of each drink it's super cool i've done it with a bunch of different liquors you feel fancy you look fancy people think you're fancy then you can keep the recipe cards and use them in your future life and look at you you're a bartender now if you go to shakerandspoon.com you get 20 dollars off your first box the boxes are usually between 40 and 50 bucks so it's about half off pretty good savings so if you want to toast to the world champion Las Vegas Aces or any other situation, go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse today. Indeed. Mm-hmm. 
Now, before we get on to other stuff, you'll hear some ads. Some of them are going to be read by us. Others of them won't. The ones that aren't read by us are inserted locally. If you love abroad, as in not America or not an English-speaking country, you might hear ads in not English. Once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Horse. All right, Adam, uh, what do you got going on? I know what you got going on this weekend, but this episode's coming out on the Monday after. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, we'll make it quick because we're already, we already got a long episode mm-hmm, ahead of mm-hmm. us. I will be headlining in Boston on Sunday, November 5th. I will be headlining in New York City on Thursday, December 14th. I'm going to be in Montana at the beginning Ooh. of next year. I'm also going to be in Las Vegas for a week. I am working on some other dates in D.C. and Philly. Um, and a bunch of other places, uh, all TBD. But you can find that at my social media, which is just at Adam Mamawala. You can go to my website, adammamawala.com slash standup. I also have one of those bands in town pages that you can follow, and then you'll get updates mm. on when I have shows. So any of those places, I'm, I'm very easy to find on all of the social medias. But uh, yeah, that's what I got for now. And uh, as you are listening to this, I'm going to say that Shubes and I had a great time in yes. Philly and New York. And thank you all for being there. What do you have? Yes. Me? Obviously, those shows, but they're in the past, but the stuff in the future, I'm doing a Texas tour, finally doing the Big Four tour, where I'll be going to Dallas, and then Austin, and then San Antonio, and then Houston, all in mid-December, the 13th, 15th, 17th, and 19th, respectively. You can get tickets at Shubes slash tour, so S-C-H-U-B dot E-S slash tour. I also think I'm going to do some sort of like special merch item where if you go to all four, like an absolute mad lad, I will give you some sort of special reward, like a, like a golden sticker, <laughs> Yeah, so Ooh, if you're, I like that. if you are, some people have like mentioned wanting to do it, like, hey, mm-hmm. have a blast, let's do it. It'll be a different show every single time. I'm not going to do the same thing at each one. Yeah. So come on through, it'll be a blast. And that's what I've got going on. This would be way too much work, but it'd be cool if you could do some sort of sticker where like you got a quarter of the sticker at each show. Oh, yeah. I think it's just hard to predict. If I like knew the numbers, I could do yeah. something fun like that. But I think I'll just do one like golden Texas thing that's like, I went to the mall. But yeah, now <laughs> with that complete, let's do NBQ&A. We have a question from a producer level patron, Ginger Spurs Boy. We do, but I, I'm going to be honest, we're going to do a hard pivot. So Ginger Spurs Boy, okay. let it be known that we're going to answer your question the following episode. Oh. I promise we'll get to it, but that one's going to involve a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more chatting, a little bit more time. So we're going to do a quick one, another NBQ&A. This NBQ&A comes from our listener, Prakar. The subject says, I needed advice from the only basketball experts I know. Well, you've come to the right place. Mm -hmm. The message says, hey, guys, I love the pod. I went to play basketball yesterday, pick up basketball. I shot 40% from two. I'm five foot eight and 15 years old. Is that an okay shooting percentage? Yes. I would say yes, yes for sure. 40% is 40% good. 40% in a game, like not even just like straight up in an empty gym. 40% in a game is very good. I also appreciate yeah. the dedication of like mentally tracking your shots because I oh, yeah. usually yeah, will track tough. my made shots and points and mm-hmm. stuff, which is sometimes is a little extra. But to remember the shooting percentage too, that's very good. Yeah, shooting 40% during a game is very good. Like NBA players shoot, like if you're good, 50%. Mm-hmm. So I think you're doing just fine. I agree. Yeah. And I also like that we got your stats, 5'8 and 15 years old. But let's see. I mean, when when you're 18 years old, hit us up. Let us know how tall you got. I mean, Uh you you might keep growing. I was not 5'8 when I was 15. My growth spurt really happened between 15 and 16. So you might find your way into taller person territory. You just might. And Ginger Spurs Boy, we do love the question. We're going to get to it the next episode, but we wanted to keep it brief here because we got a a juicy Mm -hmm, app coming mm -hmm. up. Yes. Now let's get into Full Court Press. Get it? Like the news? I do. All there is to discuss. 
is the WNBA Finals, where the Aces defeated the New York Liberty 3-1. to They got out to a commanding 2-0 lead after two games where they just blew the doors off the barn in the second half of each game, just coming out, firing in the third quarter each, just absolutely demolishing. But then, yeah, yeah Liberty fought their way back in game three. In some injuries did take place to the Aces, but that's part of the game. And the Liberty came through and extended the series, made sure there was no sweep. But then the Aces came back in Game 4, despite not having Chelsea Gray in the starting lineup. Yeah, they super still, impressive. They still fought it through. Alicia Clark just, oh man, rising to yeah. the occasion, playing incredible defense, a really solid back and forth game. The fourth quarter was so stressful, and neither of these teams are my favorite team, but I was super duper stressed out. There were good shots there were sloppy plays there were clutch post moves there was good defense on both ends it was a great 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 game yeah and the the aces were down by a good amount they were down by 12 they were down by 12 double digit lead in the second they, half so. they said in the broadcast that was the biggest deficit to overcome in a game that decided a series so in a series hmm. clinching game yeah no one in the WNBA had overcome a 12 point deficit before yeah. pretty cool yeah and it sucks i mean we alluded to it quickly before but just knowing that we were one made know. made a uh, jump shot away from getting yeah. to a game five and the thing is and this is obviously much easier to say in hindsight because it was it was courtney vandersley it was courtney vandersley in the corner yeah. and she's a great three-point shooter great three-point shooter in retrospect, because I, I watched the play a couple of times, when she caught the ball, she had like two seconds left. Mm -hmm. If she does a quick pump fake and lets yeah. the defender fly by her, she's going to get a, a wide open yeah. shot. I, I know you don't want to do it's, the Grace Nallon thing where you just right. like hold the ball and then never even get a shot off because that's mm -hmm. unforgivable in that situation. But man, it would have been electric to, to have seen a game five yeah. back in, in Vegas where theoretically then all the pressure goes back to Vegas because like mm -hmm. they were up to nothing. Who knows if Chelsea Gray is available for game five. Right. But I will say, we talked to Jordan Robinson a lot about the idea that people were like, you know, giving the Aces some grief about like, oh, you're building a super team and this and that. But like, they did this without Candace Parker. They did mm -hmm. this with Chelsea Gray missing the fourth and deciding game. Like, I don't know that there's much of a narrative to be had other no. than that they're just the most deserving team. And, yep. and we'll see if they can go for the three-peat next year. Also, quick side note, their owner, Mark Davis, I have to assume he's got a lot of money. How can your hair be that bad if you have that much money? I don't, it looks, he looks like he's in the Three Stooges. What is that? Kelly was watching this with no context of who that guy is. She did ask the question, which I think speaks volumes to how the NBA and WNBA do this, where the first person to hold the trophy is the owner. Kelly goes, who's that guy? Uh, yeah. And then asked, did he not have enough time to get a haircut before the game? <laughs> it's like a dumb and dumber haircut. It's, it's really bad. It's really, yeah. really bad. But I love that Kelsey Plum took a slight shot at the Liberty when she got the mic. She said, you can't build a super team in just a couple of months it takes years which is true for the aces like mm -hmm. they were bad and then they slowly added pieces and pieces and then formed this juggernaut like yeah getting candace parker in the offseason like does kind of vault you to super team status but it wasn't like the way the liberty did it which is just like they had sabrina ionescu and then just like signed everybody and i like mm -hmm. that she took a little bit of a shot i don't remember the the, the name of the player who like really called into the night night thing at the end um yeah. but there seems to be some established bad blood now between these two teams because the Aces won on the road and they were doing the whole trophy presentation. Like they were getting actively booed by the Liberty fans yeah. the whole time. Love it. I love it. Let's like, let's have a yeah. rivalry. Why not? Like these two teams are poised to be good and competitive with each other, at least for the next two seasons mm -hmm. at the bare minimum. So if this right. becomes like the WNBA's version of 
Lakers Celtics or whatever, like, let's go. I'm all in. And especially as someone that wanted the Liberty to lose because I'm a bitter Seattle Storm fan that didn't want to see Brianna Stewart win uh, a championship somewhere else. I am very happy for the Aces. And also, Salvatore Testa is one of my closest friends. I was happy to see him happy. But also as a petty sports fan of the Storm. Yeah, it's all good. And the Storm did tweet, congrats, champs. And I'm holding true. I don't think they make that tweet if the Liberty win. I don't think they quote tweet yeah, and say, not. congrats, maybe champs. Not. I, will, I yeah. will never know. But I like to live in the world where they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Or at least I would like to live in the world thinking that they wouldn't have done that. Yeah, no, I think I think you're probably right. Any other uh, parting thoughts on the the finals in general? The only parting thought I have is that someone, when I mentioned me being a petty Storm fan that was happy with the result, someone called me out for, apparently I've been saying Brianna Stewart's name wrong my entire life. It's Brianna Stewart. And, you know. That's amazing. My bad. I looked at her page on Basketball Reference and it's Brianna, but I don't know. I feel like it's one of those, I guess if it's A-N-N-A, it is Anna and not Anna, but I guess I've heard enough people call her Brianna Stewart, but that doesn't absolve. But yeah, I've been saying her name I wrong. mean, hey, as you recall, when we started this podcast, we'd known each other for almost 20 years and you were you were going with the Adam Mamawala rather yeah. than Adam Mamawala, which is, right. it's a subtle difference. It's a, you know, and but... I was calling you Schubert. So. <laughs> well, you know, I it, it is spelled the same way as Gobert, so yeah. can't, Sometimes well, you can't just gotta, fault you. Just got to grin and Schubert it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think the finals are very good. It was what we were hoping for in terms of like, it wasn't necessarily that every game was competitive. I feel like the first two games, like the first halves were really tight and then the Aces were like, all right, let's just destroy in the second half. It was yeah. still really solid basketball. That last play alone in game four was just like, oh, the defense that the Aces put out was just mm -hmm. so good. And I think that's what leads to Courtney Vandersloot making not the greatest decision. It's just like absolute swarming defense. Even the pass leading up to Courtney Vandersloot getting open, you know, girl squares are shot and everything. Like she probably should have just immediately swung it to Courtney Vandersloot in retrospect. But it's so easy right. to Monday morning quarterback this stuff, armchair yeah. expert this stuff. You can't make those wise decisions when the team is playing incredibly intense frenetic defense like mm -hmm. the aces were and on a play like that where there's eight seconds left and the liberty are down by one and the aces like you have to get a stop any bucket that goes in you lose then yeah you know you got to bring it all on defense and they really did i think the thing there is if the game is tied you should definitely hold for the last shot i think if there's any mistake they made it's that they didn't get a shot off until time was running out i think when you're down you take a shot with five seconds left and then you're mm -hmm. hoping to give yourself yeah. a chance. Like we saw with the Celtics last year where like, if it doesn't go in, then you can get the mm -hmm. rebound and do something with it. But, you know, also the Aces are such a good team it that was, maybe they make the shot and then the Aces hit a game winner. Right. So who knows? I just think it was perfect, perfect, perfect defense. They had the good double team against Brianna. It was great. Whose name defense. is actually yeah. Brianna. They had a perfect yeah. double team on Brianna and it's just what happens. Like it's, it's stressful. It's high tension. Sabrina Ionescu, did you see she threw up during the game from nerves? She had this huge three-point they like cut the lead to one it was like super duper clutch in the fourth quarter and then she was like screaming hyping it up and then they used to call the timeout and sabrina went to the corner and someone like brought a trash can and she just hurled and then like wiped it off and then went back into the huddle <laughs> and it was just like she said it was nerves like wow. hugest stage of her career in her professional yeah. career i love that the nerves don't affect her ability to hit a three but they no. still make her throw up <laughs> it was so fun the broadcasters too it was something i forget how they phrased it it was something where it was like the crowd loses their mind and sabrina idescu loses the contents of her lunch <laughs> like it was <laughs> loses it her was, it tosses her cookies yeah rebecca yeah. it was 
was Rebecca Lobo and Ryan Rucco on the call, and they were a great they were a they great, great broadcasting yeah. team. They were fantastic. It was really good. It was really good. So I was very happy. Super good stuff. And here's hoping that the ping pong balls bounce in just the right way. My Seattle Storm have a 10.4% chance of getting the number one pick and then Caitlin Clark. And I'm just, I hope that 10.4 comes through, baby. Let's go Storm. Come on. <laughs> well, and in uh, WNBA news that I guess would affect me, I assume you saw that the Chicago Sky have hired uh, WNBA legend Teresa Weatherspoon as their <gasps> coach. I didn't see that. That's so cool. Yeah, that is that awesome? so cool. And that's she way was better. at the game last night, and they were like pointing oh, it out during the game. Oh, that is so cool. I I was having trouble with the the regular broadcast working. I do watch a lot of the game with the overhead camera thing on my ESPN TV oh, app, and they don't have any broadcasters. So a lot right, of the game right, I was right. watching it was silent. But that's really cool and way better than what yeah. the Mercury did, which is they signed a coach who has zero women's coaching experience. He is an assistant coach. He has been an assistant coach in the NBA for a while, so it's not like he doesn't have coaching credentials, but he's never coached women's basketball, so that is a bit of question marks. He's going to be the highest paid yeah. coach in the league, which are the reports, probably making $1 more than Becky Hammond or something, but it's just sure. kind of a weird situation to do that. And then also when the Mercury announced him, they said something like, get to know whatever his name is, you know, coach something, girl dad. And everyone's like, oh, because he has a daughter, he's now qualified. Like, you know, yeah, the gender of his silly. kid, like makes him a good women's basketball coach. So Weatherspoon being the coach, that's so cool. That is really cool. I'm excited for your sky. That is what a lead that. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, she's, she's literally a Hall of Famer. Truly. An incredible, an incredible. Yeah. That's rad. Super dope. Yeah. And incredible stuff. Cool. Awesome. Well, that will conclude Full Core Press. Get a lick the news. And now we can get into our annual drama draft. The 2023-2024 NBA drama draft. Here we go. All right, Adam. The time is upon us. The 2023-2024 Horse Annual NBA Drama Draft. We are here, and let's get right to drafting the dramatics, shall we? How has it already been a year, and we're already back in the drama draft? It is hard to know where the time goes, but as always, uh, as we like to do for this audio medium, I think it's only fair that we start with a little rock, paper, scissors to see who gets the first pick. I feel like that's become tradition. I think that's the way to do it. All, All right, right, we're so. going on shoot. And of course, just, yes, we're not this, we're not heathens. Of course. Now it's just the one. No best yes. two of three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Straight up. All right. All right. So rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. Okay. Ooh, two scissors, two scissors. scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Aha. Oh, scissors shit. to cut paper. I've been Finally, cut. victory. So I will have the first pick in the NBA drama draft. Basically, if you don't know what we do here, we are just drafting the teams that we think will be the most dramatic this season. We will explain our picks. Drama can take shape in lots of different ways, and we will explain those ways. I don't know if we have some sort of way where you and I can try to like figure out who did better. I know we did a check-in last year. We can, Maybe mm-hmm. we try to find some way. Maybe we look at like each of our top five and our bottom five and see if like our top five picks each were actually dramatic and our bottom five picks yeah. were normal. I think what we should do is at the end of the season or maybe even the end of the regular season kind of do like a how did we do in terms of predicting drama that Mm -hmm. would be a fun thing for like later this year yeah let's make that happen maybe we can even get the listeners involved to like some sort of poll right like whose team was more dramatic or or whose bottom picks were less dramatic you know try to really get a good democratic system going anyway let's get that first pick and i'm really glad i have the first pick because when i was making my list this was the easiest decision possible and then it got a lot trickier afterwards but with the number one pick i will say one 
two, three, four, five Sixers. Yeah. It's your Philadelphia it's the 76ers. Only pick. It's the only my apologies to my Sixers friends and Sixers fans and Sixers guests on the show like Sally and Hal. It's not not wonderful times for normalcy in Philadelphia with the Sixers. Not that it's ever normal for the Sixers, but (laughs) with the James Harden situation, we're recording this on October 17th and he had some sort of press conference. I don't know how it went, but I know it existed. And you've got Joel Embiid and the concerns about if he's leaving. You've got a new coach, Nick Nurse. You've got the whole ownership situation. Like there's just so much with the Sixers. There's so much going on. The Harden thing itself is enough, but I think there's other concerns concerns as well that it could get really dramatic there. It could get dramatic if things aren't good. It could get dramatic if, you know, Embiid gets upset. There's infinite possibilities with the Sixers. Yeah, but fortunately, they knew that they already had kind of a a toxic and tricky situation. They were like, let's sign Patrick Beverly to a one-year deal. Uh, uh, Let's throw him in there. Because if you look at what they did in the offseason, it's a lot of these like kind of tiny complimentary pieces. They signed Pat Beverly, Mo Bamba, David Duke Jr., Danny Green, and Kelly Oubre Jr., all on one-year deals. And the thing is, like, they also re-signed Paul Reed and Montrez Harrell. And if they actually had Maxi Harden and Embiid and Harden plays, sure, I think they could be on par or close to what we will see from the Bucks and Celtics. But, like, I just don't see any world in which Harden is willing to play for Daryl Morey. Like, uh, how is that going to happen? I don't know. I'm not sure. There's all the theories and conspiracies about why he opted in and all that kind yeah. of stuff and what is the promise that was broken and and all of this. But I don't know. It's really just a mystery. We'll have to see how it takes shape. Is he going to do the thing he did in Houston where he kind of like was there but didn't play very hard? Right. It's very confusing. Will he get traded to the Clippers? Who's to say? But all I'm to say is that I think they'll be the most dramatic team and I don't think it'll be particularly close. No, I would I would definitely agree with you. And honestly, like, so be it. Philly fans have had it too good for too long recently in terms of sports. The Eagles are one of the best teams of football. The Phillies are, are on the precipice of making another World Series run. Yeah, really, uh, knock on wood. I would love yeah. I would love for the Phillies, given the other teams that are in contention. Right. I'm looking I'm looking for uh, I, I feel like and maybe just if if the Phillies do win, I can. Yeah, this is too baseball-y, but yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Other Philly sports are doing well. The Sixers, and you know, the the Sixers, just they just tempted basketball fate by mm-hmm. making the process Sixers where they tanked and intentionally lost games for years yeah. and years. You tempted the basketball gods. As far and this as is I'm what concerned, happens. ever since that Kawhi Leonard corner jumper trickled over that rim, things have not quite been the same in Philly. They like That seemed like their, their perfect window, and it just didn't happen. I think it was once you got Calangelo wearing the oversized collars. That's just that's that's just asking yeah. for disaster. All right, who's your first pick? Who's going to be the number two pick All in right, the drama draft? For, for my first pick, this is tough. I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks. That was my number two, so okay. we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, Kyrie Irving is the trump card of drama drafts. That's just kind of how it's always been. The dude mm-hmm. is a generational talent, but he is a problem on the court in a good way and a problem off the court in a very bad way. Uh, whether it's being anti-vax or anti-Semitic, he always seems to find himself embroiled in something. In what will be his first full season with Dallas, I would say expectations will be very high as he and Luka Doncic make for a devastating one-two punch. Team also traded for Grant Williams. Uh, We'll share his (laughs) press conference where he was dared by Luka Doncic to flex after every question that he answered, which is very funny. Mm -hmm. But they they traded for Grant Williams and Rashawn Holmes. They signed Steph Curry. I'm sorry. If they signed Steph Curry, that would be a much bigger story. But they signed uh, (laughs) Seth Curry. 
Um, so they do have some depth. And I think like if things work out, they're clearly a playoff team. I would say possibly even like a top four or top five uh, in the West. But if things don't, I would be willing to bet that Kyrie will be in the center of whatever dysfunction is going on. Like I would love to actually see like a Vegas over under for games that Kyrie will be suspended for something TBD. Just something. I don't know. Yeah, it's just with Kyrie Irving on the team, you just never know. You never know. Yeah. And I weirdly am less optimistic about their like basketball-ness. I think they did mm. have a good offseason. I know their draft picks are supposed to be very promising, but I just think that they got rid of a good chunk of depth to get Kyrie, and then they didn't fully get yeah. it back. Mainly I'm concerned about their defense. But again, this is not drama. This is just basketball. But I just think they might not be super great. And if they're mm-hmm. not super great, I think Luka is going to be a little grumpy. Uh, it's approaching the whole, like, make some moves. Otherwise, I'm going to maybe not mm-hmm. sign an, an extension, Supermax, whatever it is kind of thing. And that always breeds drama. Yeah. All right. Who do you have for your second pick? The third overall pick. Third overall pick, I will be going with the New Orleans Pelicans. Ooh, interesting. They already had a bit of a tumultuous offseason where Zion Williamson had all sorts of weird stuff going on with him having this relationship with a... I don't, I don't even know if it was like a cam girl or an Instagram model or a, I'm not exactly sure what yeah. it was, but it was I don't know if she was a porn star. It was something where it was like a, a risque affair mm-hmm. and he has another girlfriend and it's just there was all this drama going on about that. And honestly, I didn't get too into it because I just it felt gross. But there's all of that stuff with Zion. There's also the basketball stuff with Zion, which unfortunately he is hurt a lot mm-hmm. and he hasn't been able to get on the court a lot. That is a whole different category of drama. They've unfortunately also as a team just had a lot of injury struggles this offseason. Like a bunch of their players got hurt, whether it was in preseason or training camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're just in a dramatic potential place basketball wise. Zion's got his new big contract. Like, it's just going to be something where if they don't put it together this year, it's going to be strange. CJ McCollum is not particularly young by NBA standards. Brandon Ingram is Mm -hmm. approaching veteran status. So they are of the timeline where they should be putting it together. And I think if they don't, in addition to all the other Zion buzz, because there's always Zion buzz, even Mm -hmm. this relationship stuff aside, people are wondering, is he going to want to stay? Is he going to force his way into a bigger market? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I just think there's going to be enough stuff about the Pelicans, both basketball drama and outside of basketball drama, that I think there's a chance that things get a little spicy in New Orleans, a place known for spicy food. There you go. Yeah, I do agree that Zion will be at the center of any potential drama. Like, I actually do think that if Zion plays and if he's healthy and he's good, they do have a good team. Like Ingram and McCollum are very good. They re-signed uh, Herb Jones. They still have Jose mm-hmm. Alvarado. Like they've got a lot of good scrappy pieces. But um, yeah, Zion, there was a clip recently and granted it was preseason, but like Zion's defense leaves a lot to be desired. And I feel like mm-hmm. he was arguably the most highly touted prospect before Wembenyama, of course, but like the most yeah. highly touted prospect since LeBron, probably when he was drafted. And Yeah, like, maybe I don't like know since Anthony really... Davis, but yeah. Yeah. I guess so, but but in that talk about tier, another guy who gets in injured that tier. a lot. Yeah, yeah, and that's a perfect transition into my next pick: the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, yeah, interesting. That, you seem surprised. You seem surprised. I had them quite low, but mainly just because I think they're going to be good. But mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see what you have. Listen to the offseason moves by the Lakers because there are a lot. It's open now. I close. See what happens when I close my tabs. You see what happens? Unbelievable. <laughs> 
Where the hell did it go? Okay, here it is. All right, Lakers. So many moves. So, so, so many moves. The Lakers, this offseason, they signed Anthony Davis to a three-year extension. Rui Hachimura returns on a three-year deal. Jackson Hayes agrees to a two-year deal. Torian Prince agrees to a one-year deal. Austin Reeves returns on a four-year deal. Cam Reddish agrees to a two-year deal. D'Angelo Russell returns on a two-year deal. Jared Vanderbilt agrees to a four-year extension. Gabe Vincent agrees to a three-year deal. Christian Wood agrees to a two-year deal. So many things happening and all yeah. in the name of going for it right now. And that is why I have them high on the list because last year they were essentially a 500 team for the whole season, right? They get into the play-in tournament, they overperform, they get all the way up to the conference finals, and then they run out of gas against the Nuggets. LeBron pretends that he might be retiring so as to deflect any sort of blame or accountability so after getting swept, which bonkers. is such a weak move. I love uh, Mike Malone, the coach of the... Uh, <laughs> the Nuggets making fun of him. But anyway. I'm so glad the Nuggets yeah. danced on that. It yeah, was no, so it was silly. I'm so glad they had their moment. And so much so that the Lakers yeah. this offseason on Media Day were like, oh, they kind of celebrated a lot. You guys got right. swept in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. They are allowed to do that. But my the big reason that I'm going with this is that Anthony Davis has publicly stated that his goal is to play 82 games this year. And I'm sorry, but you just know that he's not. And also, like, he's setting himself up to be clowned for having that goal. It's a great goal. I'm in favor of, of course, and I hope he does stay healthy. But if he gets hurt, and especially if it's some sort of injury that people perceive to be like, oh, you know, he stubbed his toe and he's out for two months, I think people are really going to lose their patience. And as is always the case with LeBron-led teams, he has an outsized influence on the roster. So if their signings don't work out as planned, it would not surprise me at all to see a bunch of trades made or the coach fired. And also, like, as incredibly durable as LeBron has been, his age is definitely a factor at this point. And that yeah. makes each year that he has left that much more magnified. So I'm not a LeBron hater, but I do think that there has been drama surrounding him at certain times because of, I think, his expectations for himself and for the teams that he's on. So, like, losing or being mediocre is just not okay in LeBron land. And I do think they'll be good, but um, if they're not, things are going to get ugly pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's valid. I guess maybe I had them lower because in my brain, I don't think they're that good. Like, I don't think the Lakers are a true contender. I think they're good, mm -hmm. but I'm not worried if I'm a Nuggets fan or someone like that, that right. they're going to win the championship. But I guess, yeah, probably perception would be that they should be. I guess maybe I had it lower because I'm just like, well, no, they'll be good, but they're not going to win. <laughs> so right. I think it's like a self-bias of like, well, they shouldn't be dramatic. Why would people yeah, have such I mean, lofty I think you expectations? Could certainly, you could certainly say that they overachieved last year by getting as mm -hmm. far as they did. Yeah, I think that I think they will be good. I just don't think that they're going to touch some of these higher teams. But you're right. I think by being the Lakers and not doing well, like it's it's just like the Yankees, right? Like no matter mm -hmm. when, no matter what happens, like if the Lakers are good enough to like be in the playoff realm, then not winning is a failure. And then oh, and then right. LeBron. So yeah, you're totally right to take them with the four pick. Smart call. Yeah, who you got? So for my pick here for number five, I'm going a little up north. I'm going to go to the land of Drake and pick the Toronto Raptors. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Already an interesting basketball situation in that they are in the weird, pivotal point of do you go all in in terms of trying to make a push for the playoffs or do you go all in and break it all up and try to prepare for the next phase and go into a rebuild? I feel like they probably should go into rebuild mode because they've got sure. some promising young players and it doesn't really feel like they are in a position to make a big splashy move. So I think it's just going to be a... And they lost Fred Van Vliet. They lost Fred Van Vliet for nothing. 
because he just became a free agent and they didn't end up trading him because they didn't pick a lane. And I think if they don't pick a lane, I think that'll have drama. If they do pick a lane, that'll still be some drama because if they decide to rebuild, then they got to do all these trades. That's drama. If they pick the other lane where they're trying to contend, they will have to make some sort of big trade that will probably involve trading someone like OG Ananobi or maybe even Scotty Barnes. And then Mm -hmm. that'll be a bunch of drama. So I feel like they're in a position where no matter what they do, there will be some sort of drama around it. So for me, this is just kind of like the safe call of like something's happening with the Raptors this year. They're either they're going to commit to one direction or they're going to be in the middle of the road. And if they also do that and they do nothing, that'll also be drama because they didn't do anything. So I think that there's just like guaranteed weirdness around the Raptors. And speaking of weirdness, in the offseason, you had the president of basketball operations of the Raptors, Masai Ujiri, say that the team had selfish players on the roster, kind of taking a shot at Pascal Siakam, who's on the team. So just weird comments going on. There's just, there's something going on in Toronto. And I, I don't foresee it being all smiles and rainbows and unicorns and butterflies for the whole season. And they're stealing from the Knicks. Oh, oh my God, you're totally right. They are in the uh, current, yeah, oh my goodness, of course, of course. They are getting actively sued by the Knicks. We're recording this on October 17th. Like yesterday, they tried to get the official court document dismissed, which is just like anything you do in a typical defense case like this. But that's also ongoing. And MSG doubled down saying that they would like take it to federal court. Like they'll, mm-hmm. James Dolan is like ready to go with this lawsuit, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. So much drama. You're right. Yeah. But even to your point, like the moves that they made in the offseason were very much the moves of a team that's like, what are we trying to do? Like they signed Jakob Pertl and Dennis Schroeder, who are both good players, but they're also the kind of players that you would add to a team that's like ready to win now. Mm -hmm. So it does feel like they're a little in between and not not quite sure what to do. Also, there's definitely going to be some drama because Jakob Pertl always seems to be the person getting dunked on in a very vicious way. So at some point, someone is going to dunk on Jakob Pertl and he will be embroiled in some internet drama as everyone shares the clip of him getting embarrassed. You know what? I will take that over not playing defense. Shout out to you, Jakob Pertl. Totally fair. Totally fair. All right. This was actually, I had a harder time doing this this year than I have in recent years. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you felt the same way where like there weren't as many super obvious dramatic teams. I could like talk myself into it for certain teams, but I'm going to go, I'm going to stay in California and I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Ooh, good, 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 good. And the reason for that is they're already coming off a year in which they suffered a disappointing second round loss to the Lakers, which nobody saw that happening. Steph, Clay, and Draymond aren't getting any younger. Also trading Jordan Poole for Chris Paul certainly doesn't bring down the median age. Like this team feels a bit like the New York Mets, pardon the additional (laughs) baseball reference, in terms of like It's set up where if everything breaks right and people stay healthy, they could be one of the teams to beat. But if you think betting on a bunch of veteran players to stay healthy for the long haul is a good idea, like, I think you're probably overly ambitious. Like, to me, this feels like potentially the beginning of the end for this core group having a legitimate shot to contend for a title. And I feel like if that's the case the pressure just mounts because you realize like we're not going to have unlimited shots with this group. Like we've already done a lot with this core. I'm not saying we're quite in like the last dance category for this Warriors group, but I feel like we're we're getting there. Yeah. And also Clay Thompson, I believe, is in the last year of his contract or Mm. it's like the last year before an extension. His extension is looming. And that is a big decision point where if you look at it like purely objectively, you probably shouldn't be paying someone 
now, given his injury history and where he's at, he's still an amazing player, but mm-hmm. it's just a lot of money to commit to someone that maybe you could get someone younger or whatever. But he's right. Clay Thompson. Like, he's yeah. Clay Thompson. He's a splash brother. His number is going to get retired. Like, he's going to go down in history. So it's one of those things where you have to toe the line between sentimentality and smart basketball decision. Mm-hmm. But of course, it all does kind of come down to will the owners just say whatever we'll pay mega hyper super duper luxury tax sure who cares right but they've done that in the past will they continue to do so even joe lacob who used to be the gm or the president or whatever he left this offseason and just was quoted a couple of days ago in regards to someone asking him about the clay extension he's like decisions like this is why i left like it's just yeah. so stressful i don't want to deal with this kind of stuff so yeah you're right it's really hard I think, uh, by the way, to what you just said, instead of super max contracts, I think they should be called mega hyper super duper contracts. I Yeah, let's get let's just it could be like the Pokeball <laughs> things where you've got like, you know, Pokeball, Great Ball, Ultra Ball, you know, just go go like that. Master Ball. Yeah. You know, get all the funky names in there. But also, yeah, I think like, I don't know those references, but I bet some of the people listening. They got they got it. But I mean, look, you have Chris Paul and Draymond Green on the same team. I think Mm -hmm. that enough is to is warranting number six in the drama draft. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right. So number seven, I could take these folks a lot later just because I don't think you would do it. But it's uh, I got to get them high. It's your Chicago Bulls. Oh, that's rude. Seven. It's rude. But like that much drama. I will ask you this objectively. Is there a team in the NBA, uh, Charlotte Hornets aside, is there a team in the NBA with like a worse outlook right now than the Chicago Bulls? I think so. But I'm, I'm curious to hear why you think that. Because they're just they're perfectly in basketball purgatory right now. We're like, yeah. they're not going to be good enough to make the playoffs. They, like I think best case scenario for them is where they were at last year, like mm-hmm. somewhere in the play in range. They don't necessarily have a ton of draft assets to make a big splashy trade. And I don't know that they have any exciting young players on the horizon, except for like hoping Patrick Williams can stay healthy and start to contribute in a big, meaningful way. So I just feel like the Bulls, it's similar to the Raptors, but like one year prior where like this is where the Bulls are going to have to figure some stuff out, whether they are going to make a move to try to like veteran up or if they're going to be like, all right, it's not going to work. Let's trade Levine or Vucevic or whatever. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, I agree with you in the sense that the Bulls are kind of doing the like, hey, we were basically mediocre last year, so let's just run the same team back out there and expect different results, which I think is Mm -hmm. is a really silly thing to do. Um, Basically, their only moves in the offseason, they signed Javon Carter and Torrey Craig, which like, I think Javon Carter's good. Good players. Yeah, yeah, like I like him as, as an option. The only optimism that I have, like Kobe White seemed to take a real step forward last year Mm -hmm. and Patrick Williams, I do think, I don't know that he's ever going to be like a star, star player, but I, you know, I'm optimistic that he'll be better. But I agree with you that they are in the worst place to be, which is right in the middle of things uh, in terms of like probably a playing team. Their ceiling is maybe like a five or six seed like a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. in which case they were just losing the first round anyway. But I I guess I just didn't have them that high because I feel like they are one of a number of teams that are in that same position. Yeah, I guess my thought with them is like the clock is ticking very fast on them to -hmm. decide what they're doing. And I think that that will just lend itself to like the entire month of January. It'll be like, are the Bulls trading Zach Levine or DeRozan or Vucevic? And I just think that's going to become like an entire month is just like, are they doing it? And and I think that is enough for a drama. Yeah. And last year, I actually, I weirdly attended a Bulls-Nets game at the Barclays Center on the 
night of the trade deadline. And a lot of the game was just me talking to other Bulls fans as we looked at our phones. And then when literally nothing happened, that was weirder to me than anything. Like I figured mm-hmm. either they say, hey, we think this group has something here we're going to add on. Or clearly this isn't working, so let's just blow it all up. But the fact that they did nothing, I felt like was the worst possible thing to do. So, Yeah, I just think it's similar to my Raptors pick. Like They should pick a direction. They might not do anything. No matter what happens, there's going to be some sort of scuttlebutt about it. And it stinks that the Lonzo injury has kind of contributed a lot to the place where they are. But it's just the situation that we're in right now. And we'll just have to see what happens with your Chicago Bulls. Hey, look, I'm still excited to watch the Bulls, even even though they frustrate me all the time. I'm still happy mm-hmm. that a week from tomorrow, I think they'll play their first game of the Fun stuff. season and probably lose to the Thunder. All right. Um, my, <laughs> my next pick, the eighth overall pick, I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, now, they do get positive... How, how should I phrase this? They get positive diminished drama points. Normalcy points. <laughs> because they don't have Dylan Brooks anymore. So that's that, a there, huge, there that. huge. Yeah. <laughs> but as we saw last year, Ja Morant cannot seem to stay out of trouble. I would love it if he does for the sake of his team, for the sake of the league, for the sake of everyone's safety, because some of the yeah. shit that he's doing is like genuinely dangerous uh, beyond just being irresponsible. But I think that cloud is going to hang over that team for a while. And it's one of those things that's only really going to go away if he just stays on the straight and narrow and doesn't get himself into more trouble. For the love of God, just delete his Instagram. Don't even give him the option to have access to Instagram Live. Um, yeah, like I, I just hope that he has taken things seriously because at this point it's become pretty obvious that his career could very much be on the line if he does the wrong thing. And he's like... Mm-hmm towing the line here yeah and he's suspended for the first 25 games of the season i think that also lends itself to some drama of what if they get off to a really bad start what if they're really good and then when jock comes Mm -hmm. back they aren't good like there's so much potential for weird things to happen by missing such a significant portion of the season is marcus smart gonna fit with the team brandon clark is hurt when does he come back like i think there's enough going on there where there's just gonna be something happening yeah i agree because like basketball wise they did they have marcus smart now they re-signed desmond bain they signed uh derrick rose who i guess will probably play a lot more minutes with morant out early mm-hmm. in the season but yeah for me it all kind of revolves around Ja. yeah no for sure i think it's a good pick okay the ninth pick is now mine and i am excited i feel like a lot of these teams from like 9 to 15 it was really hard i feel like i was drawing straws but i think yeah. for me the team that is next best to select That would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves have the correct level of like expectations of being good, residual drama of being kind of bad last year. There's always the discussion around the Rudy Gobert trade, the fact that they traded a lot to get him and he wasn't that good and he wasn't necessarily as fluid and didn't go well with Carl Anthony Towns as they hoped. And then also you have the thing where part of the trade, they traded away Walker Kessler to the Utah Jazz, who plays the same position as Rudy Gobert. And he might just be better than Rudy Gobert already, which is like a tough situation. (laughs) So I think there's a lot of drama there. There also is the drama of if they don't play well, 
truly the only player that they could trade of value is Carl Anthony Towns. And he's mm-hmm. been with the team since he was a rookie and he was supposed to be this really great player. And he, he is statistically a great player. It just hasn't translated to like playoff success and any sort of championship run or anything like that. So trading him will have a lot of drama if they have to do it. And then I think even on top of that, you have Anthony Edwards who had a good season and looks to be on a big upward trajectory. And whether those expectations that have been put on him are too lofty or not, I think people might get upset if he doesn't reach that potential. And then Anthony Edwards himself is just the type of guy to be a little unpredictable. He'll throw out a spicy quote. He had a not great Instagram not live, but Instagram story thing where he made like a no homo type joke. So there's potential like drama as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he did apologize for it immediately. He did. And I, I don't want to like paint him as somebody who's been problematic or something like that. I don't either. I think I think it's just like he's the type of person where if he said a quote that was wild, I wouldn't be surprised. And sometimes it's like a funny joke. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's it could be something like, oh, so I, I guess this is all just to say like Anthony Edwards is an unpredictable type star who isn't like super concerned with being like very media savvy, like someone like Jason Tatum is, who gives like mm-hmm. very boring answers and did a whole expose with, I think, Sports Illustrated about what it's like to be a father in the NBA. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Anthony Edwards is as like polished of a media presence. So I think just like having that person now certainly be the focal point of the team, like they've completely bypassed Carl Anthony Towns. I think that just like has the potential for stuff. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I think that to your point, like the Rudy Gobert trade is possibly going to negatively affect this franchise for years. Like it's one of those ripple effect trades where at this moment it looks really, really bad for them. And as for Carl Anthony Towns, it's really his health, I feel like that's the X factor. Like losing him for the mm. period of time that they did last year crushed any legitimate hopes for their team and also for my fantasy team, which I did not appreciate. Yeah, that's a, that's sad. That's very, very sad. Yeah. So, all right, moving on with the 10th overall pick in the 2023-2024 drama draft, I'm going with the Boston Celtics. Oh, okay. I have them pretty high as well, so yeah. Yeah, and it's like they're going to be very good. I would be shocked if they are anything other than extremely good, but also, as always, the higher the expectations, the higher the drama Now, the Celtics are coming off a season in which they battled back from an 0-3 deficit in the second round of the playoffs to force a Game 7 against the Heat that they ultimately lost at home. Now, at this point, they find themselves essentially in championship or bust mode. Like, I think they're one of probably five teams that are coming into this season saying, like, if we don't win the title, this is a disappointing season. And they decided to go for it in the offseason. They they traded beloved Celtic Marcus Smart in a trade package for Kristaps Porzingis, who has looked phenomenal in the preseason for whatever you want to think that's worth. And then they signed Jalen Brown to a massive extension. They traded for Drew Holiday in kind of a ripple effect move from the Dame Lillard trade, uh, with Holiday effectively replacing Smart as their new lockdown defender and arguably better scorer. So the Celtics are currently favored. I was looking up like the Vegas odds. They're favored to win the most games in the NBA. Um, Their win loss over under is 54 and a half. That's how good people think that the Celtics are going to be. Is that like if they win 54 games, it would supposedly be an underachievement. So I just feel like if this team struggles to gel early and if they don't at the very least make it back to the conference finals, probably the finals finals, there's just no way to look at the season as a success. And because of that, I think there's always uh, room for for drama to be afoot. 
I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. My pick for number 11 is going to be the Los Angeles Clippers because they are at a point of... <sighs> not necessarily Should I get off the pot? I mean, yeah, it's not even like decision-making, but it's just like this is the X year where they've had Kawhi and Paul George, and they're just hoping, like, can they just stay healthy and be good? So there's something there. They also are potentially going to get James Harden this season, so I think that just makes them a great selection as well. Like, if you get right. James Harden on your team, you're probably a, uh, a pretty locked-in source of drama no matter what. They have the new arena coming out, I think, next year. So they're trying to, mm -hmm. like, set up for the next phase. There's all the questions of, are they going to give Paul George and Kawhi Leonard extensions? Is it not worth it because they're always hurt all the time? Are they going to want too much right. money? Will they take some sort of discount to be, like, back on the team? So I feel like there are enough things going on with the Clippers even if they don't trade for Harden, you could have the drama of like, should they have traded for Harden? Like if they make some other trade for somebody else. So yeah. I just think the Clippers are at a point where like they got to do something and it could involve James Harden or not. And uh, they have just a, an interesting situation with their stars who are very good, but always hurt. Right. And then Shai Gilgis-Alexander used to be on the Clippers and he's very, 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 very good now. He was on mm -hmm. the All-NBA team last year, meaning he was one of the top five players in the league. And that just always makes it look worse. You're like, well, you had this guy on the team. Wouldn't it be better if you just hadn't gotten rid of him? So I think there's enough stuff going on. Yeah, and that's a good point about the health of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Because like, I would be curious to know in their time together on the Clippers, what is the percentage of games that they have played together? Like, it has to be a pretty small amount, right? Yeah, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it it seems like not as much as you would have hoped for when you traded away as much as you did to get those two right. guys on the same team. Yeah. And also like Russell Westbrook is there again, the the much maligned Russell Westbrook at times. And it's I think it's like if he can return to form, the team could have a real shot. And if the injury bug bites them again, it might be time to blow it all up. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay, up next, I'm going to get this one out of the way. The This is arguably the most bummer mm -hmm. of a pick that we have to make, but uh, I'm going to go with the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, Charlotte. Um, yeah. The, the positives are that LaMelo Ball should be back and healthy, uh, and he agreed to a multi-year extension. He's a very electric player to watch. Very fun to watch him. Um, the negatives, or I'll just say the negative, Miles Bridges, uh, who in November of 2022 pled no contest for the felony charge of injuring a child's parent after a truly heinous assault on his former girlfriend was signed to a contract. Uh, I mean, you and I are in agreement on this. We've talked about this before. We're not going to go super in-depth about it. But as far as I'm concerned, it's just an absolute embarrassment for the team yeah. and for the league. 100%. Um, and there have also been recent developments as Bridges turned himself in this past week, as we record this now, on October 19th, for violating a protective order during a custody exchange on October 6th, during which he allegedly threw pool balls at his ex-girlfriend's car and threatened to withhold child support and, quote, take everything from her. Just the fact that this dude got re-signed is an absolute travesty. And the fact that the league only suspended him for 30 games and then claimed that 20 had already been served because he had missed time because of the initial suspension. Like, the whole thing it's... just makes me sick. It really, like, <sighs> as somebody who genuinely loves the NBA, it makes me really upset. And uh, any team that he is on which should be no teams, there's going to be drama because he clearly uh, has not learned from any mistakes. I would argue that he doesn't really deserve a second chance given the crimes that he committed. But given that he's apparently been given that chance, I, I think 
Like, it's hard to not have the Hornets pretty high on this list. Yeah, it's really silly that he is back on the team. And the way that it's being talked about even by some of these basketball reporters, some people, I don't know if it's Woj or somebody else, but I think someone from ESPN framed it as he sat out the season. He didn't sit out the season. No team signed him because of these charges that were going on. He didn't sit out. He was unemployed because no one wanted to hire him. And it's really bad that that the Hornets brought him back. And it sucks. Mm -hmm. And I think that every broadcast should absolutely trash him any second he is on the court. And I don't think they will. And I don't, I'm not going to watch a second of Hornets basketball. Like I will not, I don't care if the Knicks are playing them. Like I'm not watching anything Hornets this year. I feel bad for fans of the team because obviously this is out of their control, but it's just awful. It's so awful. It's so awful. But yeah, yeah, they'll have drama. You didn't even mention that one of their players, Kai Jones, is requesting to leave the team after having what appeared to be like drug-influenced Instagram lives. And Mm -hmm. he is like publicly requesting that he be traded and then ending those tweets with hashtag goat life and then deleting the tweet because goat life wasn't in all caps and then tweeting it again with hashtag goat life in all caps. Oh, boy. I, I, yeah. I tell you what, if I represented any player in any sport, I would, the first thing I would tell them would be Instagram Live, never. Do, do mm. not ever be on Instagram Live. Nope, 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 mm-hmm. All right, so I am going to pick a number 13, and I will be taking my pick to South Beach and taking oh, the Miami Heat. Damn. We're, we're very much aligned. We're like uh-huh. every subsequent pick. It's like right in the part of my word document that I'm like, yeah, these were the two or three teams that I would have picked next. So we're, we're yeah. in good shape here. Your pick of Hornets was literally going to be my next pick if you didn't pick there them. So we're very much aligned. So yes, I will be taking the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat had not the best offseason by what they were hoping for. They were hoping to get Damian Lillard, but also not trade enough to get him so there's drama <laughs> yeah. there of not getting him and then they did lose a good chunk of players from their very fun cinderella-esque run type team from last season max mm-hmm. Struess is gone gabe vincent is gone so there's the question of are they going to be able to replicate it you know jimmy butler's getting a year older and he plays lots of minutes so there's going to be drama there they have high expectations but a weird thing where like still people don't expect them to be great in the regular season but then people will fear them in the playoffs so that's why i don't have them super high but yeah i just think when you spend an entire season floating one of your players tyler hero in trade rumors and then not actually trading him yeah he's gonna have pressure to be good they did their whole playoff run without him so if they're not good and he's not contributing then it's gonna be like what's he even doing on the team we give him this big extension mm-hmm. so i th- i think there could be some drama there like is jimmy Butler gonna stay like i i think there right. could just be enough going yeah. on. Yeah, if in Jimmy, Miami. if Jimmy actually gets emo like his, uh, like his photo, mm-hmm, I think that could mm-hmm. be that could spell trouble for them. But um, could. yeah, I agree. The the Tyler Hero thing is interesting because I feel like I could see it going both ways. Like on one hand, I could see him going out there to prove the world wrong and say like, I can't believe you even thought about trading me, and I can't believe the Blazers didn't want me, and look how good I actually am. I could also see it getting in his head because that I mean, it's a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so I am going to move on to my next pick, 14th overall. I'm going to take the Houston Rockets. Now, oh. the Rockets actually, I had them higher, and then I moved them down because uh, in, in the face of the of the well-known horse curse, there was some news that broke right before we started recording this that they had done the right thing. Um, they had traded uh, Kevin Porter Jr., 
to the thunder and then the who waved him immediately who waved, waved him, immediately. him immediately hey everybody yes. it's immediate hey guys we're waving him immediately <laughs> yes and to be clear we've talked about this a little bit but just to reiterate for legal reasons the rockets so let me back up real quick uh kevin porter jr was arrested this offseason for an alleged assault on his girlfriend uh really 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 awful stuff mm-hmm. as of this time uh, he's still facing charges for second degree strangulation and third degree assault so his future in the league is very much in question as it should be um but because of legal reasons, the Rockets aren't able to waive him themselves. So what mm-hmm. it required was them offloading him to a different team. Then that team was able to waive him, which is what the Oklahoma City Thunder did. So the good news is for the Rockets, that is not a factor anymore. He is not on the team. Hopefully he won't be on a team, but obviously the NBA has a track record that would indicate otherwise. All that remains to be seen. However, I got two words for why they're this high on the list. What do you think those two words are? Uh, Ime Udoka? No, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> yep, Dylan Brooks. The the Houston Rockets signed Dylan Brooks in the offseason. And Dylan Brooks is uh, is a dramatic fella. He's, he's always in the middle of riling people up, of, uh, you know, just getting under people's skin. And clearly the Rockets think that he'll be a, a good contributor to a team that has definitely improved. Like, they signed Fred Van Vliet to a huge contract, and and obviously they think that they're actually, I don't know that they think they're going to compete, compete, but I think they're like certainly moving in that direction. So They have to I, trade their yeah. pick at the end of the year, so they have no incentive to be bad this time around. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So it's mainly the presence of Dylan Brooks, and then also whenever you sign someone, especially from a different team, to a max contract, there's immediate pressure on them. So that's why I have them where I do. Mm-hmm. It's still ultimately like the middle of the pack, but I would say that, there's been very little drama in Houston over the past few years because of how bad they are and how bad everybody knew they were going to be. But mm-hmm. now, arguably for the first time since the James Harden era, I do think there's actually somewhat of of an expectation that they'll be competitive or you know hang in for a, a play-in spot or that sort of thing. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, that makes sense to me. But good on them for trading Kevin Porter Jr. and good on the Thunder for immediately waving him. Yeah, that's hopefully he will stay away from the NBA. All right, for number 15, perfectly in the middle of the drama draft, I'm taking the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think the Cavs are really here just because of expectations, but I think they're in an interesting spot for a little more drama because Donovan Mitchell is in a situation where I think this is is that this might be his last year on the Cavs? It's either his last year or he has one more year after this. I think it's mm-hmm. his last year. And he has said that he does not want to sign an extension during the season. He would figure it out after. So I think just the looming will Donovan Mitchell leave is going to be pressure on them to perform. If the team is looking like it has a lot of high upside, it could be a situation like Damian Lillard and Giannis in Milwaukee, where, yes, you're not in a glitzy city, but if your team has promise, you're going to want to stick around. But Donovan Mitchell has always been tied to coming back to a New York team or playing in a more marketable market because he's only been in Salt Lake City and now Cleveland. So he might have desires for some more starlight So I think that'll be drama. I also think the Cavs were like this fun, quirky, oh, they're good and they're young and all this upside. And then the Knicks smashed them in the playoffs. And like not enough people are talking about how everyone's like, oh, the Cavs. And the Knicks just like beat them in five games. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) we just destroyed them. And there's a difference between regular season success and playoff. And the Knicks were kind of like the worst possible matchup for them. So I get that. But I think if the Cavs 
don't put together a good season, I think that there's going to be some drama. And I think what puts them above some of these other teams that we're going to talk about, I think pretty soon, just for expectation purposes, the added level of is Donovan Mitchell going to leave drama puts them at the top of that pack for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. And they also had a pretty quiet offseason. Like they re-signed Karis LeVert and then they traded for Max Struess. But beyond that, they didn't really do a whole lot. So it's hard to... It's hard to see either of those things really moving the needle in terms of them getting any closer to where they would want to be. Like, to me, they're still a fairly strong regular season team, probably a first round exit, second round Mm -hmm. ceiling team, which is like fine. But I think now that Cleveland fans have actually had a little bit of a taste of winning back with uh, LeBron, they, they probably are thirsty for more. So sure. All right, with the next pick in the draft, I only feel that it's right to do this to you because you did it to me. Uh, I'm gonna go wow. with the New York Knickerbockers. Now, in I our had recent them interview, thirtieth. I have you the are, Knicks thirty. I say this with love. You are <laughs> delusional if you think that a New York basketball team is ever gonna be the last amount of drama. I I completely, completely, uh, and and utterly disagree with that. But I do appreciate your optimism that there won't be any drama. Because in our recent interview with Knicks beat writer Jonathan Macri, you suggested that for once in your life, the Knicks are a fairly drama-free team. And while I do understand that perspective to an extent, I think there's an inherent amount of drama when you play in arguably the biggest market in the basketball world. Like after a really impressive first season from Jalen Brunson that, as we were just talking about, saw the Knicks make it to the second round of the playoffs for the first time since the Carmelo era over a decade ago, I think expectations will be very high for this group, especially after adding a nice piece like Dante DiVincenzo. Like, is there drama now? Genuinely, I don't think there is. I do agree with you on that. But if this team comes out of the gate and goes three and seven, tell me there's not going to be drama immediately. I think that's the thing is like the Knicks are at a current spot where like at least the the rational Knicks fans that I associate with, we all know we're not a title contender. We are one star away from like really knocking on the door. Right. We understand that we basically need a star to get grumpy and say, I want to play for the Knicks. Like that's where mm-hmm. we're at. I do agree that if if we don't find ourselves in like top six and above, like if we are in the play-in, that will be a disappointment. I don't think we're going to be bad enough to like not be top eight. Uh, but I agree with you. Like if we aren't there, then yes. I just don't think that's going to happen because I think we're a good team that got better. So so here's here's really where I'm pushing back is that you are under the misapprehension that you as a reasonable person are representative yeah. of Knicks fans. And I think you right. and I both know that you are very much in the minority of yeah. people who, <laughs> who have measured expectations for the Knicks because I think a lot of people say, well, they got to the second round last year. Clearly this year is going to be better. Maybe they get to the conference finals. Maybe they get beyond. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that most good and smart basketball fans are deluding themselves into thinking that the Knicks are a championship team, mm-hmm. but it is still New York. And that does mean that there are a lot of irrational fans. And I just, mm-hmm. we'll see. I, again, this will be, yeah. I, I think we should definitely come back to this at the end of the, the regular season or maybe even right. the end of the finals and be like, did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Uh, I'm not like hoping for drama. I would I would love for you to be able to experience mm-hmm, a drama free mm-hmm. and enjoyable season, uh, other than when they play the Bulls. But uh, yeah, that's that's partially. I just wanted to pick the Knicks because you had picked the Bulls. I'll be honest about that. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. I had them last place. I think they're going to be perfectly boring for the first time in forever. Well, all right. For number seventeen, I am going to pick the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I think the Pistons are like the one year past the Rockets stage where the Pistons 
like even going into last season, it was basically what the Rockets were doing this year where they were like, all right, we've been bad for a very long time. We've got some young people. Let's be good. And then Cade Cunningham, arguably their best player, got hurt and was out for basically the entire season. So now they're doing this again. And I think if the Pistons aren't good, there's going to be a lot of question marks. They also have some situations where like they've acquired a bunch of Young guys who are good from their draft picks, and then they also have a bunch of, like, reclamation projects. Like, they have Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman on the team who are both, like, people that were big men taken too high in the draft, and now we're going to try to see if they can work it out. So I think you just have, like, enough people in there fighting for spots that there might be some consternation between the fans of, like, oh, this guy's better. No, this guy's better. Grumble, grumble, grumble. I just think the Pistons now, like, if they aren't good— or at least, like, on the trajectory of good, like the Magic were last year. Like, people are, you know, cautiously optimistic about the Orlando Magic now. I think if the Pistons don't get into that territory, people are going to start looking around like, what are we doing here? Because we were really bad for a really long time to hopefully get to the point of being good. And I think if they're not, then you're going to start having some some questions about, like, all right, what do we have to do? I don't think they're going to be super dramatic, but I just feel like they have a higher chance of drama for some of these other, like, expectation contention teams that I'm about to list off, at least with my picks, because I think those teams are just going to be good and there won't be drama. The Pistons, like, right. have a chance of not being good, and then if they're not, I think people are going to start scratching their heads. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And while you were talking, I was looking up, like, it occurred to me as you were saying what you were about the reclamation projects that, like, the Pistons do have a ton of top 10 draft picks on their team, mm-hmm. like a ton, maybe more than anybody else in the league, I feel like. Oh, um, certainly. Yeah. And this is definitely going to be one of those seasons where it's like, all right, are they something or are they not? And Kate mm-hmm. Cunningham, we really just don't know yet because he missed that whole last season. But like mm-hmm. Killian Hayes, I would say definitely a disappointment thus far. Mm-hmm. Jaden Ivey was the number five pick last year. He was good. He was very good, good. But like it, it's one of those will he keep developing sort of things. Mm-hmm. And the Pistons have just been really bad for really long. And I think mm-hmm. a basketball town with the pedigree of Detroit ultimately is going to be like, we, we can't keep having this. This is embarrassing. Correct. Correct. So I think that's a I think that's a good pick there. All right, let's see where I want to go now. With my next pick, I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Okay, I had them not next but one after. So okay. again, aligned. There you go. Now to say that the Suns had a busy offseason would be a vast understatement. Phoenix <laughs> traded for Bradley Beal, Yusuf Nurkic, and Grayson Allen among others, and enters this season with expectations as high as probably any other team in the NBA, and for good reason. The Suns' big three of Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal is in my opinion, as good as just about any big three we've seen ever, possibly. Like, that's up there. Um, but I also think that with that many alphas on the team, there's always some amount of room for drama because it's like, who takes the last shot? Who gets the majority of touches? Mm-hmm. And I also think there's going to be an enormous amount of pressure on this team to succeed and get back to the finals after their disappointing loss to Milwaukee a few years ago. Like, people forget about that, but they were in the driver's seat. Like, they were right there to win the title. Yeah. And they didn't do it. Uh, and we're talking about a team that, unless I'm mistaken, has has never won the title. They haven't won, right? No, they've not. They've yeah. never. So I, I do think that expectations will be incredibly high, especially because my view on it is that the two best teams in the NBA are probably the Celtics and Bucks. At yeah. least, like... That's who I think of as my final nuggets. Nuggets, Yeah, Nuggets, of course. So I think in my mind, it's like Nuggets, Suns, Bucks, Celtics. Yes. If I had to put money on one of those four teams winning the championship, I would feel very confident putting money down and being like, I am betting that one of these four teams wins the title. So 
the expectations are there. The Suns, I feel like, you know, they still have some time. They've got people signed for a bit. But like when you have that window, especially now with these guys in their prime, theoretically, like Katie is not that young. Like he's still mm-hmm. he's obviously his health has been an he's issue at times. But like, yeah, he's he's been around for a while. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But they should be a, an exceedingly fun team to watch for sure. And I also think that like in the defense of them not being as dramatic, they did remove DeAndre Ayton, who granted had beef with a coach who wasn't there anymore anyway Mm -hmm. but like it seemed like he had kind of fallen out of favor with people there so probably a good idea to get him out of the mix yeah i think they made a bunch of trades that really kind of focused on their three stars and there's just drama when you kind of make those all-in moves one of those guys gets hurt or if the beal stuff doesn't work out you know if Chris Paul turns out to be really good on the Warriors, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that could make people go like, oh no, what if we right. did this instead? Mm-hmm. All right, so for 19, I'm going to pick one. This is just purely off high expectations. It is the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is purely Dude, just I had a... Right, oh, right nice. there next to the yeah. Suns. Love it. It's purely just a if they aren't good thing. I don't think that's going to be the case, especially after watching some of the preseason action. Like, how do you guard a pick and roll between Giannis and Damian Lillard? I You just don't. I think you just give no. up. So... Yeah. I think that the Bucks should be fine. I don't anticipate it, but I think them versus like a lot of the other teams left, I think that if any of these other remaining teams that I've left are really bad, people will be upset, but they won't be like, Ugh. if the Bucks are bad, it's so much fury because you made this right. Damian Lillard trade. You shake everything up. You bring in a new coach. Like you make all of these changes to try and like get back at it. And if you don't, ah, and like, Giannis should be happy now, but like if it does blow up, like there is the worry. He might just be like later guys, you know? So this is purely an expectations pick. I agree with you though. I do think that it's going to work out because like Mm -hmm. I was just saying with Phoenix, I think you could make the argument that KD, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker in in terms of their individual games, like they're not necessarily the perfect complement to one another. No, they overlap like, not a by little a too shot. much. Whereas all, Giannis and yeah. Dame, if if I could like build a team out of everybody in the NBA, that pairing to me makes about as much sense as, as anything else I could think about. Giannis and Dame is got to be, at least for the current landscape of the league, like the greatest if they were an NBA jam team team, just in terms of yes, like player one call. is good at these things. Like Damian Lillard right. is fast and good at three pointers. Giannis is tall and good at like close range things, yeah. whether that be blocking or dunking. Like they just complement mm-hmm. perfectly. Or yeah, with the Suns, you just got a little too much overlap, mm-hmm. which can really help make your offense incredible, but it's not like as much yeah. diverse skill set going on. Right. Don't sleep on that uh, Devin Vassell, Wembanyama NBA Jam team, though. That could be Dude, fun. Dude, I'm so I wanted Devin Vassell with that Obi yeah. Toppin pick really badly. Oh, uh, God, I would love great. him. He's yeah. very good at basketball. Yeah. Uh, I'd love him to be a New York Knickerbocker. Ah, well. All right, we're going to stay with the, the theme that we've had the past few picks. I'm going to pick the reigning champion... Uh, steamed Denver Nuggets. Oh. And the Nuggets the Nuggets are an interesting case here because in some ways there should be very little drama. Like they're coming off an incredible championship run. They have arguably the best player in the league in Nikola Jokic, despite the fact that he actively doesn't like basketball. <laughs> and things are good in Nugget land. However, the expectation to be just as good as last year will be there. And the thing about winning is that once you do, people expect it again. Like the championship mm-hmm. hangover can be a real thing. And if the Nuggets come out flat, I could see their fans getting a little bit restless. At the same time, though, 
I really don't anticipate a ton of drama with a well-oiled, well-coached machine like Denver. But um, as we've said, for the Bucks and for the Celtics and for the Suns and any other elite team, there's always a certain amount of drama that can exist when a team that's supposed to be incredible is, even if they're like just great, sometimes that's not enough where people are like, yeah, you're, you know, 50 and 32, but we thought you'd be 60 and 22. Like, yeah, the perspective, I think, kind of gets out of whack sometimes when expectations are so high. Yeah, I had them a lot lower just because I think they're going to be very good. And I don't think any of their players, aside from maybe Michael Porter Jr., are like media dramatic types. And it seems like the team gets along well with each other. So I think they should be fine. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. For my next pick, I am going to take the Atlanta Hawks. They are in a situation where I think they will be better this year because they got a new coach and they ended the season on a good note with Quinn Snyder. And I think that having a full offseason for him to kind of install his coaching principles into the team processes, I think that will help them. I feel like they're going to make the best use out of their roster, figure out how do we make Trey Young and DeJounte Murray work together mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. I think they should be fine. The main reason is just like there already is a bit of drama around the Hawks of like, is Trey the guy? Is pairing him with DeJounte sensical, similar to the Rudy Gobert thing, like they gave up a good amount to get DeJounte. So do we want to stick with this? Do we need to move on? Do we have to make some trades? Is this new coach the right coach? I just think that they have like high enough expectations. Uh, I feel like it's similar to like the Knicks where like they should be in that medium tier. Yeah. And if they are below that, I think that there might be some frustrations. And the Hawks have already like had rumblings of drama in the locker room of people saying like, oh, people don't like playing with Trey Young and he's, you know, not a good teammate, all this kind of stuff. Whether it's true or not, there are rumblings in the Hawks' recent history. So I think if they're not good, there could be more rumblings in Atlanta. Yeah, and they also, like, didn't do a lot this offseason. Like, their, no, their moves I, were... I mean, they extended DeJounte Murray, which, of course, is a big deal, but then they traded for Patty Mills and signed Wes Matthews. Like, neither of those yeah. are particularly sexy moves. It's similar to the Cavs, where I think the Cavs are just kind of, like, banking on their young guys getting better. I think the Hawks are just banking on Quinn Snyder yeah. being a good coach for them, and they're just kind of letting that play through. And it could work and be smooth and everything's nice. Or it could be like, "Uh uh-oh, we didn't do anything and we still stink. So it's possible. Uh, My next pick is going to be the beloved Beam team, the Sacramento Kings. They were my next pick. Hey, look at us go. We are cooking today. Um, (laughs) And look, nobody other than maybe the Kings themselves and maybe probably not even them had Sacramento being as good as they were last season. God. So after a stellar regular season, Sacramento got Steph Curried and lost in seven games in the first round of the playoffs. This season, they will be expected to take a step forward. And I think this is their first time playing with expectations in like 20 years. <laughs> and because of that, pressure is going to come. And with pressure comes drama. The Kings signed DeMontis Sabonis to a multi-year extension. They also added a few complimentary pieces uh, like Chris Duarte and JaVale McGee, who just seemingly has been in the league for like 20 years. And I really, really, really hope the Kings light the beam a bunch this year. I would love to see them take that next step forward. But I also think that the more desperate a fan base is for a team to win, 
the more pressure there can be. I say this as a Cubs fan, like <laughs> when we had those brief windows where the team is good, you're like, please, please let this be the team. And I think yeah. there is somewhat of that that energy with the Kings. So, you know, now that they finally have a shot, I just feel like the expectations are going to be really high. I also think this is a thing that happens. The Heat used to talk about this when they had LeBron and Wade and Bosh when they were the Heatles. People from the team would say, we're the the game that circled on every team's calendar. Like every team is bringing their best against us. Yep. No more flying under the radar. Right. Our regular season is harder. Everybody wants to beat us. The Kings now, after having a great season, no one's like, oh yeah, the Kings. Everyone's like, oh yeah, the Kings. Right. And they're going to game plan accordingly. So I think that comes with like, when you burst onto the scene as like a contending team, that next season people are like, okay, we watched a lot of Kings film to figure out how we can game plan against you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. My next one is the home of the Brooklyn Knight. Come on. That is your Brooklyn Nets. Was that your next one too? Yeah. We are. Yeah. I'm just. That's. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm very, I'm very happy. Look at this us. friendship. But yeah, basically, this was just a Ben Simmons is on the team pick. That's it. Yeah. Like straight up. And he seems to be having a better offseason, did all right in preseason. Like yeah. I, I hope, both from a physical health and a mental health perspective, I hope that Ben Simmons is just fine. Even if mm-hmm. he doesn't return to his form. I just want him to be good at basketball again because I feel bad for the guy. He seems like a nice person. So I would just hope that he is okay. But if he's not, there will be drama. And I also feel like the Nets are just... I don't think there is going to be drama, but there could be some because they are in a position where, like, if they want to make a big splashy move, they could because they have young players and they did get a bunch of trade mm-hmm. assets like picks and stuff after making some moves. But I don't think they're going to be particularly dramatic, but I just think they have the chance. I just think it's a small chance. I think they should be fine, but I think yeah. more than these remaining teams, they've got a couple of nuggets that could explode into drama, whether that be Ben Simmons or like they were in the runnings for the Damian nuggets Lillard that trade. could explode. It sounds like a yeah. steamed nugget to me. Oh, so I think that there's some stuff that could go down. And then just, you know, you're in Brooklyn, you're almost New York, so you get some, <laughs> you know, drama uh. as well. Says the guy who lives in Queens now. Look, um, Queens, I love Queens. I'm, I'm Queens all for it. I've been, I've been a longtime supporter and a yeah. longtime hater of Brooklyn. Well documented. <laughs> it's very funny to me, just the effect of not having Kyrie Irving and James Harden in terms of where the Nets rank. I believe this is the 23rd yeah. pick is what you just made. Yes, And the last few years, they have perennially been like either the top, top pick two. or the second pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually think the the Nets are kind of like sneaky good. I, I think yeah. they, they got some decent pieces. Like mm-hmm. in those trades for uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they picked up Mikal Bridges, Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. Like they, they have some depth there. Yeah. And I don't think people are necessarily expecting a ton from them. So I could see them being like better than people think, actually, which would only help there be less drama. Yeah, my thought for them is like the six to ten range closer to like eight. Like, I think they'll be the top seed of the play. And if I had to bet, like, Mm -hmm. I think they'll be the eight seed and they're 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 a fine team. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Next up, I am going to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. It's actually a little bit similar to the Pistons in terms of what they dealt with with Cade Cunningham. But last year was supposed to be the year for the Thunder that they were competitive again. 
they did sneak into a play-in spot with a unimpressive 40 and 42 record, but their season was basically derailed before it had begun when their top pick, Chet Holmgren, suffered mm-hmm. a Lisfranc fracture in a pickup game. Chet is back, and the expectations for him are definitely going to be high. If he turns out to be the player that people think he can be, and then you add him to Shai Gilgis-Alexander, as you talked about before, um, and also Josh Giddy, who's like super young and really mm-hmm. good. Honestly, that makes for a pretty good like young big three. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily anticipate a ton of drama, but the Thunder could be fun to watch. And I mean, yeah. at this point, we are in the part of the list where like the point is there's not that much drama, but right. we're splitting hairs at this point. Yeah, no. And they also have a ton of draft picks that literally... All of the draft picks. They literally have so many draft picks that they like can't use them all. So whether they use it in the middle of the season or they do what they've been doing at the end of the seasons, like in drafts, you know, combining two to move up like three or four spots, Mm -hmm. there's always the chance that they can make some sort of move. So yeah, I think it makes sense to have them rise above the pack. If they're in a decent spot and they feel like they're competing sooner than they expected... It would be incredibly easy for them to flip some of those draft picks into Mm -hmm. impact players like overnight. So Right. I don't think they're going to do that this season. I think this season is a lot of like figure out which players we're going to hone in on because they still have some young guys they got to figure out. So I think this year is like figuring it out. And then like next year, I think they're going to be a lot higher in the drama draft because I think they're going to have to do Mm -hmm. something. Because if you have so many young guys, you just like literally can't pay them all by the way the rules of contracts work. So it'll it'll be interesting for sure. All right, my next pick. I'm going to pick the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. Uh, similar to my Nets pick, this is just because Victor Wembanyama's on the team. I don't think, again, this is the 25th pick, so we're picking them to not be particularly dramatic. But if something weird happens with Wemby, it will be blasted all over the place because this is like the new Zion where mm-hmm. everybody is going to be watching him. Andrew Lopez, who we had on just the show. Just keep Britney Spears away from oh, him. gosh. <laughs> Andrew Lopez, who we had on the show in the past, literally got taken off of covering the New Orleans Pelicans to cover the San Antonio Spurs because of Victor Wembenyama. So right. ESPN and these other media outlets are going to be focusing on him, which makes sense. He's a 7'4 alien from the planet Dunk who can just mm-hmm. dribble and do all these. He nutmegged a guy in a preseason game, yeah. which is when you dribble the basketball through a defender's legs and then keep going. Also a great name for a small, cute dog. Ooh, nutmeg, that is good. That's very good. Yeah. So <laughs> there's lots of stuff around yeah. Victor. I don't think there's going to be a lot of drama just because it's the Spurs. They usually keep stuff pretty locked tight. They got rid of Josh Primo after that whole debacle. So I think they should be fine. But just because there will be all eyes on Victor Wembanyama, if something happens, I think the world's going to know about it. Yeah, I think that is a reasonable pick. My next pick is going to be the Utah Jazz. (gasps) That was my next pick. Here we go. All righty. The Jazz had a reasonably quiet offseason. They signed Jordan Clarkson to a three-year extension. Um, They added a couple other pieces. But for the most part, the Jazz are a pretty... They're, they're pretty bland, much like the actual jazz scene in Salt Lake City, I would imagine, <laughs> which probably looks a lot like La La Land. But the main thing to watch, I would say, will be whether or not Lowry Markkinen is actually the bona fide star he appeared to be. Yeah. Last year, like most people thought the jazz would be the worst team in the league after trading down from Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. But Markkinen essentially single-handedly kept them competitive for a lot of last season. So again, I don't, I don't think it's going to be super high drama, but I think it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep that level up. And then just also like how some of their younger pieces develop. Yeah, for sure. My next pick is the Indiana Pacers. They, again, shouldn't have a lot of drama just because they are supposed to be just like a good young team. And they 
outplayed expectations last season. They just have like some weird things going on where like they still have Miles Turner on the team. There's always the questions about whether or not they're going to trade him because he's a bit older than the rest of their guys. They brought in Obi Toppin and I think just based on what I'm reading, people are more optimistic about Obi Toppin than they should be as someone who watched Obi Toppin play basketball. Maybe he will be great and it'll work out and I'll have egg on my face and that'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But like I think Pacers fans are very excited about him being on the team and I don't think they they should be happy, but I don't think it should be like, yo, we've got him. Like, uh, they'll see. So I think there are like some things that could make people frustrated, but I think overall it's just Tyrese Halliburton's really good and the Pacers got a bunch of young guys. Benedict Matherin was really good. Potential had a running at rookie of the year early on last year. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to be just fine and I think they will be mostly drama free. The Halliburton trade is one of those rare, like it worked out for both sides, sort of yeah. thing. Like the mm-hmm. Hall- it was a trade between the Pacers and the uh, and the Kings, where the Kings got Demontis Sabonis and the uh, the Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton, and it like kind of gave both teams what they needed at that time. Like it got the exactly. Kings closer to winning then, and then the Pacers, I think, are set up for the future better. Yeah. But I am gonna go next to. We only have a few options left. Why don't I go with the Orlando Magi? That would have been my uh, next pick. There we go. Uh, it, it just it feels like forever since the Magic have been any good, and this season does not look to be any different whatsoever. Their offseason left a lot to be desired. They signed Joe Ingles and G League lifer slash incredible dunker Mac McClung. They also re-signed Mo Wagner, the, the lesser of the Wagners. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just hard to see the Magic being anything other than meh this season. I guess the only real thing to watch will be the continued development of Paolo Bancaro, who very mm-hmm. much lived up to expectations in his rookie year last season. So um, not a ton of drama. Like, I feel like the Magic are kind of like a non-factor all the time, which is not where you want to be. But like, I just, I don't feel like anything particularly interesting has happened in Orlando in a long time. I think they are... I had them so low just because I think they're going to just they're on the right track. Like they've got some Mm -hmm. young, good players with Paolo Boncaro and Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr. Where they just like and Cole Anthony even they just got some young guys. They're getting better. They kind of like have figured out the team. And now it's just Mm -hmm. like, let's just see him get slightly better. I think they could like sneak into the play in maybe Mm. as, you know, one of the lower two. But. I think there aren't like tons of expectations. I think it's just like, we got some good young guys. Let's just see how they go. Sounds good. All right. Well, I guess make your next pick and that will by default. Tell me what my final pick is. Uh Yeah. I am going to pick with 29, the Portland Trailblazers. I think that the Blazers are going to be mostly drama-free because after making the Dame trade and there being mostly good feelings about it because he didn't go to Miami, People know, all right, we're in a rebuild. People are well aware that they are in a rebuild. There still could be some drama, though, because with all of the young pieces that they have, you want to make sure that stuff flows well together. They've got Shaden Sharp. They've got Scoot Henderson, who are, like, similar-ish in positions, as well as Anthony Simons. And then they've got... Robert Williams III, who they got in a trade, and DeAndre Ayton, who they got in a trade, who are both kind of like the same position. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of drama. I just had them a little bit over the Wizards as the final pick here, just because there might be some stuff to figure out. Also, the question of, like, do we want to keep Jeremy Grant around? Probably yes for veteran presence, and I don't Mm -hmm. know that any team wants to pay the contract that he has right now. So I think there's not going to be a lot of drama, but I just put them slightly over the Wizards because like some of their young guys play like kind of the same position. Mm-hmm. So they have to figure out just like making them all mesh together. But because there's no expectations, I think it'll be fine. 
Yeah, and I think one thing that could actually be really cool other than seeing how good Scoot Henderson will be, all of us having the opportunity to see Anthony Simmons get to be the guy. Yeah. Like, I, that's always a really cool thing when that happens. And it's happened for many, many years. You know, like Vince Carter leaves the Raptors and then we get to see Tracy McGrady come into his own. Um, or even with the Thunder more recently when they had uh, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Like, arguably, they don't all become the stars they are if they stay together. So I think that could be kind of a cool storyline for this season is like, we saw some flashes of how brilliant Simons can be last year, so I think that'll be fun. But let's mm -hmm. round out this drama draft with the final pick, the 30th overall pick in the drama draft. The Washington Wizards, who I would say are kind of an interesting team. They re-signed Kyle Kuzma after a strong season. His hair is always very fun. Um, yeah. And he now becomes the main guy after Bradley Beal was traded to Phoenix. Uh, the Wizards also acquired Jordan Poole as part of the three-team Chris Paul trade. So that'll be interesting to see him get a bigger chance to score now that he's out of Golden State and out of the shadow of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and everybody else there. Um, the Wizards, though, are currently expected to have the lowest win total in the league. The Vegas yes. over-under for them is 24 and a half games. Yes, yeah, not great. Uh, which is really rough. And when you look at their projected starting five, you kind of see why. Like, I, I can't imagine there being a lot of drama there unless someone decides to punch Jordan Poole again. But I, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think they will be the most boring team. They are in the phase of rebuild where, like, they don't even have young, exciting guys yet. Like, the Blazers are one step ahead based on, like, their previous drafts and some of the guys right. they traded for. The Wizards don't have, like, anyone except for, like, Jordan Poole, but even he's not, like, that young by comparison for some of these rookies. So, yeah, I think uh, they will be bad and boring, which is the different version of bad and bougie. And that's the drama draft, baby. We've done it. We have done it. We should certainly revisit this at the end of the season, either going into the playoffs or after the playoffs to see how we did. But I feel uh, pretty confident in my number one pick of the Sixers and a little peek behind the curtain. We recorded this over two sessions and in between the first session of doing the draft and the second James Harden skipped a Sixers practice and didn't tell <laughs> not a game, the team, not a game, not, not a, a game, game just a, a practice. Game didn't tell them that he wasn't going there and he might get fined and stuff. So like, I already felt good about the pick. And then the next day it was like, James Harden was a no-show. And I'm like, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Adam Amawala and Mike Schubert. Our editors, Kensei Saramaki. The music is by Bettina Campamanas. The art is by Alison Wakeman. The website is by Kelly Schubert. And the social media is by both of the Horse Boys. Thank you to our producer little patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Tessa, Siobhan Ellsbury, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Roast Beef Debris, How About Them, World Champion Denver, Steamed Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curry from way downtown. Oh no, that's my train, Bang. <laughs> Hi Trish, Nicole Shepard, Chase Underulo, Mr. Bubbles Plays Ball, Naked Rachel, Josh Isn't Rich, Sidney Crosby is a Vampire, Chelsea's Cousin, Ginger Spurs Boy, and Balls to the Walls. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops because... Horse Hoops was the, the chef that made Sabrina Ionescu's lunch and clearly, you know, whatever was cooking in there wasn't settling well. Maybe she pulled a Michael Scott and just ate a bunch of fettuccine Alfredo before the game. You got to carbo load in those situations. Yeah. <laughs> Go to our website, horsehoops.com, for links to many of the things we talked about today, but definitely not uh, footage of Sabrina Ionescu vomiting, because you can look that up on your own. <laughs> you but can we will just include Google some it. links to other things. 
<laughs> yes. And if you want to support the Horse Boys, you can do so on Patreon, patreon.com slash horsehoops. We are putting up more content there, you know, videos of Adam and I talking about whatever's going on in the world of hoops in the off weeks and other cool stuff. You can also go to horsehoops.com slash merch where you can get digital merch and physical merch such as Sup Nerds, it's basketball shirts. We're going to conclude this episode by putting our hands in the middle and saying something on the count of three. You got anything in mind? The NBA season will return in between this episode and next, so we could mention something about that. What are you thinking? Uh, I mean, I feel like we kind of should honor the aces for what they've done. Yeah, it's true. I like that. I like that. I don't know if you're a a big Drake guy, but I think maybe just uh, on three, they're going back to back. Yeah, let's just say back to back and not in the style of Drake, because I do not like Drake. (laughs) So Uh, Okay, all right. Back to back it is. Back to back on three. One, two, three. Back Back to to back. back. They did it. They did it. Back to back. The first back to back team since... What was 2001, 2002? That's what Jordan said. Mm -hmm. It's been a Mm -hmm. long, long time. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Meanwhile, Cheryl swoops is like, yeah, talk to me in a couple (laughs) of years. Yeah, uh, yeah. hit me up when you get four. (laughs) 